Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Locke. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters, the official podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership. Brother, it's great to be back with you again this week. I'm really excited for our conversation today on prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually something you and I have been talking a lot about over the past few days, and I realize we're on episode 36, and we have yet to do anything on the topic of prayer. Uh, so today we're correcting that and having a conversation on it. Uh, more specifically, though, we're going to talk about prayer in the life of a pastor. We aren't going to focus so much on corporate prayer or prayer services in this episode, although we will cover those in the future. Uh, so prayer is something I'm sure every believer can agree is important. Nobody's going to say prayer is not important. Um, we see prayer all throughout the scriptures. In, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. We can all agree that prayer is like oxygen to mm-hmm. the believer. Uh, so my first question for you, brother, is why is it so hard for us to create good, consistent patterns of prayer in our mm-hmm. life? I don't know about you, but every time I get alone and have the opportunity to pray, I walk away completely refreshed, but also asking myself, why don't I do this more? Mm. So what makes prayer so difficult to do regularly? Hmm. Well, that's a great question. One of the um, passages that I love to go to uh, for my own self, just to remind myself of of, uh, of my own heart and, and just you know the way that I... Uh, the, some of the things that I that I battle personally is First Peter five. Uh, in First Peter five verses six and seven, uh, Peter says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you." Hmm. Uh, so there are a couple of things that are going on there. First off, uh, the command there is, "Humble yourselves, therefore." So, so I have to remind myself that I've got to humble myself. Uh, and, of course, I look at myself you know, on, a, on a regular basis and go, yeah, I think I'm pretty humble. You know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty humble guy, you know, if I could say so myself and everything. But then you have uh, this participle in verse 7. We're getting into a uh, deep dive into grammar here. This participle, casting, casting. And I take that to mean the way that I humble myself under the mighty hand of God is by casting all my anxieties on him, mm. which then tells me that if I uh, struggle or if I fail to cast all my anxieties on him, it's because I'm not a humble person. Yeah. <laughs> That's the definition in this passage of humility. The definition of humility is cast all your anxieties on him. So if I'm not casting my anxieties on him, it's because I'm a prideful person. Um, and I think that that is one of the main reasons why it's so difficult for us to consistently pray. It's hard for us to consistently pray because we're prideful. Because we think uh, in those situations, we think, I'm good. I, I don't need to bring this to God. There are things that I don't think I need to pray about. 
you know. And so uh, we we don't have uh, a conscious um, uh, awareness one of our smallness, you know, and our ineptitude <laughs> uh, apart from Him. And two, we don't understand in our humility uh, that God is far greater than us and mm-hmm. far more capable than us and that God cares for us. That's a humbling thing to know that God is the one whose hand is mighty and this mighty hand that could you know, wipe us off the face of the earth, he uses that might and that strength to care for us. And to bear our burdens and to, you know, to take care of all of our needs and so on. And in my humility, I just simply don't admit that I need that every moment. And so, yeah, yeah, I got to work on that. Uh, And I think that many of us pastors have to work on that, too. We are needy people. And if we are fully conscious of that need and fully conscious of who God is, we would pray without ceasing, just like Paul said. Yeah, it's almost uh, like a faith issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Many times. Absolutely. Do we really believe that prayer is powerful? Mm-hmm. Um, do we really believe in the power of prayer? Uh, and not to beat up on us too too much, because it seems like this has been somewhat of a of, of a thing for for centuries. You know, I think of um, you know a few weeks ago I was reading uh, Martin Luther. He wrote a treatise on prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a background story of this: there was a barber. His barber asked him uh, one day. Uh, how to pray well, how to create these these healthy habits of prayer. Mm-hmm. And Luther, you know, being Luther, is like, well, I'll write that. I can write that. Um, but in the, the, the beginning of his, his, his writing, he makes a note that this is something he himself struggles with sometimes mm-hmm. um, because oftentimes he gets distracted. Um, and so this whole, uh, this whole uh, track of his that he's writing is really just, this is how you can create healthy habits to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually something I would recommend to, to those who are interested. Luther does something really unique where he takes the Ten Commandments, he takes uh, the Lord's Prayer, and he takes the Creed, and he, he basically makes points of prayer out of this. The whole time he's saying, you know, don't do exactly what I'm doing, but these are things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also a really interesting fact about that, that track was the barber that he, and this is completely unrelated, it's just more of an interesting story, um, but the barber who he wrote this for ended up one night at the dinner table with his daughter and his son-in-law. So his son-in-law was a, a soldier. Uh, one night he was just bragging about how he survived all of these wars and things. And and uh, the barber, uh, a.k.a. the father-in-law, took a sword and, and killed the, the man. And so oh, no. <laughs> obviously he didn't pay too much attention to the, uh, to the prayer points. But oh, no. um, interesting story there. But yeah, that's... But it tells us that, like, even the people that we hold high esteem, you know, I think of, um, I think of, uh, you know, Martin Luther, I think of Spurgeon, I think of mm-hmm. um, even men and women in my own life who I've had really high esteem for. Mm-hmm. This is something that we all kind of struggle with, mm-hmm. um, whether it be that we, we lack faith in whether or not prayer is, is, is something that, that works, uh, that, that's something that we should do, or whether it's just we just get distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. By things, I do think there is a lack of urgency that we have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it comes to prayer, yeah. would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I don't think that we fully understand um, that God is here and that God is near. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, that 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 the God of the Scriptures is 
uh, the God uh, who holds all things together, uh, uh, who sustains all things with his, with his powerful word, that this God is here uh, and that this God is near, you know, that every waking moment of my life is dependent on him. Uh, I, I think we forget that. And, and, and you go through scripture and you see that it's, it's pretty common that, that God's people forget this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how many times did the Lord tell Israel, don't forget this? You know, don't forget, say in Deuteronomy, don't forget that I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. And in Deuteronomy, he's talking to the kids. You know, they were either they were kids, you know, who were leaving Egypt or they were born in the wilderness to parents who had walked out of Egypt, you know, and he's saying to them, don't forget this. Don't forget this. You're going to get into the land and you're going to forget this. <laughs> and sure enough, they go into the land and they forgot, you know. And so if if they could have all of the experiences that they did of the exodus going through Egypt, going through the Red Sea, going through the wilderness and go into the land of milk and honey and all of that. And after all of that, forget that God is who he says he is. Um, how much more for us, you know, uh, in our day to day, will we forget that, that God is God, you know? And so there's this sense in terms of prayer that we need to maintain, if you will, a consciousness of God, you know, a consciousness of his presence, a consciousness of his greatness, you know, and so on. Uh, and I believe that that is in large part of uh, the fuel for our continued prayer lives. And there's there's some unique challenges to being a pastor and praying, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I don't know if if you've ever experienced this or if you know anybody that's ever experienced this, but uh, there are often times where pastors are really quick to pray for mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. um, on the spot. Somebody mm-hmm. comes up to them and says, "I'm struggling," they're praying for them, but uh, sometimes lack the personal aspect of prayer. You know, mm-hmm. praying. Um, uh, their personal prayer life seems mm-hmm. to be lacking. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? What's your reaction to that? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, to be very honest, I think that uh, for many of us, we forget that you know while we are also shepherds of our churches, that we're also shepherds of our home, and we need to shepherd our own hearts, you know, uh, and so on as well. And so it's almost as if we go home and kind of take off the the shepherd yeah. robe, you know, put the staff, you know, over in the corner. And, uh, and, and now I'm, I'm, I've got a different role now, you know, I'm dad, I'm husband and all, well, no, you're still shepherd. Yeah. Absolutely. You're just, you know, you, you're taking some time off of shepherding the, the church and now here you are shepherding your wife and kids, you know, and, and even if I'm in the room by myself, I'm, I've got to shepherd my own soul. Uh, think about, uh, in the Psalms, for instance, you know, how many times David will talk to himself, you know, uh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, you know, bless his holy name. Uh, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? You yeah. know, and why are you uh, disquieted within me? Hope in God, you know, and, and so on. So uh, the the scriptures teach that we ought to tend to our own souls as a shepherd. We ought to tend to our families uh, as a shepherd. And we also need to tend to the church as a shepherd. There's, there's no off button. Uh, uh, for every relationship that we have, whether it be even our own relationship to our own selves, yeah. you know, uh, in every relationship, we're dealing with sinners who are in need of Christ. And, uh, and if we could maintain that mindset, again, that consciousness of, of these things, uh, that would, uh, I think, greatly boost our, uh, our prayer. 
and that can be uh, easier said than done. You know, I remember mm-hmm. very early on, you know, uh, in ministry, it was really easy for me to, if someone came up to me, a brother or sister, and said, you know, I'm struggling with this, praying for them right there on the spot, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but one of the things that I noticed that would when I would come, when I would come home and be my wife Debbie, she'd come to me and, and say I'm struggling. I would, my response would be different. It, it wouldn't be jumping straight to prayer. It would be, how can I fix it? Yeah. Like how can I fix this right now? Um, and that's something that I've been convicted of for a, a while, and I've, the, the Lord's just really been challenging me with that. That my response needs to be consistent, whether mm-hmm. I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a brother or sister. Or dealing with my own wife, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're very you're right. I think there is a switch sometimes where, you know, when you get home, the shepherd hat comes off, mm-hmm. but that's that's not the case. Yeah, it needs to to stay on. Yeah, um, always. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking of pastors who find themselves struggling in this area, what are some ways we can improve uh, our prayer life uh, mm-hmm. now? So presently, some things that we can do now, but also mm-hmm. to make sure that it, it's it's consistent. For years to come, sure. Uh, here are two things that that, that come to mind. Uh, first, uh, it's wise to block off time and say, "This time, during this period of time, I am focused uh, wholeheartedly, you know, undivided attention to prayer." So, for some, it may be an early morning thing. Uh, say you get up at a certain time. Uh, say you get up at at six or something like that uh that's late for me but but you know if you get up at say six in the morning uh we'll set your clock for five in the morning you say well i'm losing an hour of sleep yeah but you're gaining an hour in prayer so (laughs) (laughs) so it's a wash uh (laughs) you know so uh yeah and and devote that time or maybe you're a, a night owl and 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 you wait till everybody's asleep okay well great you know uh get you know uh the the wife is asleep the kids are asleep uh and so on. All right. Devote yourself. Give yourself an hour at the end of the day. After all the things that have happened uh, in the day and in preparation for what uh, may happen tomorrow, uh, you've got an hour to pray. All right. Uh, so m- make time, you know, set some time aside where the only thing that is on your agenda for that time is prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, that's one thing. Another thing is, and I actually learned this from a uh, a pastor here uh, uh, in the area, uh, Larry Trotter over at North Wake Church, uh, who talked about attaching prayers to your daily habits, hmm. attaching prayers to your daily habits. So there are things that you do every day. Let's say you get up and you're uh, taking your shower. Uh, pray while you're in the shower. Yeah. You know, uh, pray for specific things. Say these are my shower prayers, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or something like that. Or, or you're getting dressed. Well, this is these are my getting dressed prayers. You know, the things that I pray for when I'm getting dressed. Uh, or, you know, as you're driving uh, to church or you're driving to meet somebody, what are what do you think during that time? You know, uh, are you listening to talk radio? Or are you listening to sports? You know, or, or or all that. Well, that's time that you could spend in prayer. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, devote some of that time to pray. You know, obviously pray for your travels, pray for whatever it is that you're going to, whatever task is at hand. Uh, but also, you know, you could be praying for anything. You know, you have car prayers, you know, and, and, and things like that. So um, I find that when I'm attaching prayer to my everyday practices, my everyday habits, uh, then uh, I find myself praying a lot more yeah. because 
lo and behold, I, just like everybody else, actually do have 24 hours uh, in my day, and, uh, and I do have the time to pray. So make use of the time uh, where you may be doing you know, your regular routines. Use those times for prayer. I said two things. I want to add a third thing. And the third thing is, um, uh, and this has just been helpful for me, uh, write it down. Write down your prayer requests. Uh, write down the things that you're going to pray. Even if it's in an app, because yeah, those, those yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It could be an app. It could be a journal, a little a little uh, um, uh, notebook you know, or something that you may have with you. Uh, for crying out loud, I, I can't even remember the grocery list that Annie <laughs> gave me. From the time she told me to the time I get to the store... I've already forgotten something, yeah. and I don't know how many times she'll ask me, you know, could you go to the store? And, get, and, and I'll cut her off and just say, text me. Yeah, <laughs> just <yeah>. text me. <laughs> See, I just call Debbie. Yeah, yeah. Tell me the list as I'm in the store. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, why? Well, because I'm a klutz. You know, I forget these things. I, 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 don't, I don't remember all the, all the things that I'm supposed to remember. I remember sports stats. You know, I remember those things. You know, I can remember who won, you know, what Super Bowl. But tell me to get something from the grocery store and I'll forget <laughs> it by the time I walk through the door. Um, you know, so and, and prayer is, is very much for me the same thing. I'll say I'm going to pray for something. And when I actually get to uh, uh, being with the Lord in prayer, I can't remember what I yeah. what I who I told I was going to uh, I was going to pray uh, for and all of that. I don't remember all that. So write it down. Yeah. And then uh, as you're keeping a list, here here's some reasons for this. One uh, or some results with this. One. Uh, with that list, you're able to be more organized uh, in the prayers that you uh, that you're bringing before the Lord, the requests that you're bringing before Him. But then also, now you have a record of things that you can come back to, yeah. and you can trace how God has actually answered those prayers. Yeah, follow up points. Follow up, yeah. And so, uh, and as a pastor. If I'm praying for people in my church, if that, they've asked me to pray for certain requests and all of that, well, now I have their name and I have the request and all of that. And I can come back to them and say, hey, how, how did it go with that doctor's appointment? You know, uh, how, how did all of that? And now I'm more conscious <laughs> yeah. of, of, uh, of those requests and everything. Um, instead of just checking them off my list as saying I, I prayed for those things and now I can move on with the rest of my life. So, yeah, those types of things. Think of uh, the time for prayer, set a time for prayer, incorporate it in your practices, and write your requests down. All of those things are uber helpful when it comes to prayer. Don't think I didn't notice you letting that inner pastor come out, adding that third point yeah. to your to your <laughs> list there. Three points. I like it. Yeah, yeah. They weren't alliterated this time. Yeah, they so. weren't alliterated. But I got to I got to get still back. got the three. You met the you, you met at least half the requirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm you, slipping. you 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 made some really good points. I remember taking Dr. Chuck Lawless. Shout out Great Commission Conversations podcast. Check that out mm-hmm. if you if you haven't yet. Um, when I took Dr. Lawless, I remember him in one of his lectures saying that as you're driving, and as you're 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 passing by certain things. Maybe pray for that. If you're passing by a school, oh yeah, pray for the teachers. Pray mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the students of that school. If you're passing by a hospital, pray for the sick. Pray for um, the the first responders, for mm-hmm. those who are taking care of, of, of those patients. Um, you're constantly interacting with and coming into contact things that you could be praying about. Mm-hmm. Pray for your leaders. You know, pray for 
uh, government officials, police officers, all of these things as you're driving. Driving is probably one of the best places you could possibly pray because you're constantly finding things and passing things to pray about. Yeah. And so maybe that's that's the time that you carve out when you're driving. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not listening to pastor matters and you're you're we should, we, we forgive you for, mm-hmm. for that uh, as long as it's for prayer. Uh, don't don't <laughs> cut on the music. Don't cut us off for music. Um, but maybe maybe that's the time that you carve out. Another thing I would just encourage you in, to do, Pastor, if is and this is something I'm challenging myself with, is just make a list. But maybe maybe pray for that brother or sister on the spot, mm-hmm. because I think I think the temptation, even when we write it down, sometimes is that we don't ever go back and actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's just because we're distracted, or we just forget to even go back to the list. I mean, you yeah. got some people. If you're like me. You may have wrote it down on a list, but you forgot where that list is at. And so, <laughs> and so maybe maybe you should just challenge yourself to pray for that brother or sister. If they come to you with a concern, pray with them right there. If it's over the phone, in person, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, be somebody reliable to where if they come to you, somebody comes to you, they know you're praying for them. Yeah. And absolutely, I think the point you made about following up is, is so crucial. I mean, it, it it's an open door to care and love on somebody when they come to you with a prayer request. Because not only do you pray for them, but then you follow up with them mm-hmm. and figure out, well, is there anything I can do right now in this prayer request to take care of you? You know, if you're if you're having trouble paying your rent, well, maybe I can help you with that and, mm-hmm. and, and help answer this. Mm-hmm. And so, absolutely. I think, I, I don't know the name of the app, so this probably serves no purpose whatsoever. It's probably useless knowledge. But there is an app that I have have used in the past that's actually really good. It's designed to type in prayer requests, hmm. and then it will daily spit out various prayer requests for you to pray for that day. Um, so if you have a list of 500 things that you're praying for, it'll take five or ten or whatever and just sporadically during moments uh, spit some of those out for you to pray, to pray about, um, and we'll put reminders. So if you have specific times you want to pray, it will remind you, it's time to pray. Yeah. So... Uh, don't know the name of that app, but there's some homework for you pastors listening to we, find that app. We had to write that down, too. So. <laughs> yeah, talking about forgetfulness. Here we go. It's probably on my phone. I don't know. Uh, so shifting a little bit, you know, we talked about how sometimes there's just a lack of, of belief in the power of prayer. As a pastor, what would you say to a member who says they just don't believe in the power of prayer because— hasn't worked for them in the past maybe Mm. they've they've been praying for something to happen and it just it just hasn't happened what would you say to them southeastern believes it is important to support women as theologians and to equip them for service wherever their calling takes them if god has called you to ministry in the church the academy or at home, Southeastern Seminary wants to equip you with the tools you need to fulfill your calling. With almost every degree available online, you can get equipped wherever you are today for wherever you're called in the future by visiting subts.edu. Use the code PASTORMATTERS, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee. Well, first off, I'd, I'd maybe press a little bit on the word worked. You know, it hasn't worked. Um, 
I, I would guess that what they mean by worked is I was praying with a certain answer in mind and I didn't get that answer. Yeah. Um, God, uh, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, the, the reality is your prayer did work. It just didn't work in the way that you anticipated. Uh, or maybe more specifically, God worked. Uh, uh, but he did not work in the way that you may have wanted him to work. So there's no such thing as unanswered prayer. That doesn't exist. Yeah. God answers every prayer. He just may not always answer every prayer with yes. <laughs> and certainly not with yes, I'll do that right now. Uh, uh, God will answer every prayer in the way that God wants to answer prayer. And uh, prayer is an opportunity for us uh, not just to ask God for things, but prayer is also for us a submitting of our hearts and our mm -hmm. lives to the plan and purpose of God. So uh, think of the Lord. I, I think of, of, of I don't think there is a greater example than this, but the Lord himself, here he is in Gethsemane, and he's feeling it. He's feeling the weight of of what's about to happen. And in the Gospels, you see in multiple uh, Gospel accounts, you see that the Lord prays, Lord, uh, Father, if you will, remove this cup from me. You know, he's feeling it. Uh, and and, and I, I can't explain it because I've never had to bear the weight that the Lord had to bear, you know, in, in those hours. Uh, but then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a request that's there, but there's also a resigning, a submitting to the will of the Father. To say, I'm, uh, your way is best, and I trust you, and I'm going to go your way. Okay, and, and and I think that for a lot of us, prayer is just a a grocery list of requests where we say, "All right, God, do this, do that, do this, do that," without the added request of, "Lord, your will be done." Yeah, whatever you want uh, to do, I trust you. Uh, and so, if we're not going to the Lord with that kind of trust, we're just going demanding Him to do stuff. Uh, then I don't think we fully understand what prayer is about. Uh, so for one who, who may struggle and say, well, you know, I, I really wanted God to do this and God didn't do this and therefore I'm done with prayer and all of that. Please understand that, that, that God is God and, and God is going to do whatever he wants to do. And prayer is not, uh, is not as much, uh, or, or not only, uh, uh, God hearing your prayers and answering your prayers when you call, but it's also you submitting to his sovereign hand and his uh, and, and his providence and saying, Lord, you do what you do. And I trust that however you answer my request, you know best. Yeah. And uh, and I trust your goodness. There's a recognition that, that, that God sees what you don't. Exactly. And while you may really want something to happen, uh, you don't know what the result of that happening is mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. there's a trust and recognition that god knows what's best yeah and that regardless whatever happens there's a trust that um that there's a way to glorify god in and through it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that there's a trust that it's happening for our good yeah and and to that point to that point uh praise god that he did not say yes to the many things that i've prayed for mm. you know that yes. that in the moment 
I was convinced this is this is what's best for me. Yeah. You know, uh, it could have been a uh, a girl that I was dating. You know, and uh, uh, you know back in back in the day, and it's like, oh Lord, you know, she's the one. I know that she's the <laughs> one for me, and all of this, and the relationship didn't work out. And God, where where were you? I prayed for this and all of this. Well, now you know, after all these years, I see the wife that God did provide, you know, my beautiful bride. And I look at her and there's not a day that goes by where I don't go, Lord, thank you so much for her. You know, uh, thank you for providing for her. And thank you for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thank (laughs) you you for no, because Annie's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there may be some things where, uh, you don't understand why God said no, you don't get it, but it may be 20 years down the road where you start to see the pieces and you go, oh, that's why he did that. Wow, God, you are so wise. Thank you for seeing what I couldn't see. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got two more questions. We don't have a whole lot more time. Sure. So uh, let's, let's, let's definitely hit these, though, because I do want to cover them. What role does prayer play in the preaching event? Mm-hmm. There is no preaching event without prayer. Mm. Uh you're not ready. <laughs> You're certainly not ready. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you may have done all the exegesis. You, you, may, you may know what the text says. You may know how to say it in a nice, clever way. Uh, but prayer is you saying, God, use me. Prayer is you saying, I am conscious that I cannot change hearts, but only God can change hearts. Mm. I am conscious that uh, that my clever turns of phrases aren't going to convince anybody to uh, to step out of darkness into God's marvelous light. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I am pleading for the Holy Spirit to have his way through the preparation process and through even the preaching uh, to draw people uh, to the sun. There's no preaching (laughs) without prayer. It doesn't exist. I am not that clever. Uh, and I'm certainly not that powerful. Uh, only the Lord can, tain, uh, can, can change a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Uh, only he can open the eyes of the blind. Only he you know, can remove the chains of, of, of sin and, and, and the power uh, uh, of the devil. Only he can do those things. And so uh, going back to what I said about 1 Peter 5, I, I think too highly of myself when I'm not praying. Uh, I'm not humbling myself. And so if I'm going to go into the pulpit in humility, understanding that God must move, then I have to pray uh, with this. It's also helpful to pray through the scripture that you're preaching. Uh, so as you are uh, understanding the, the, the point of the text and so on, pray the scripture over yourself. Pray the scripture over your people. Uh, that what you see in the text is what you see in in, in our hearts and, and and in our lives. So yeah, uh, the, the scripture and uh, and sermon prep and so on can be a helpful tool to jumpstart your prayers uh, mm. because there are all kinds of things that are going on in scripture that I guarantee you you're not praying about. Yeah, uh, it's not on our radar. But as you're going through the text, as you're going through the whole counsel of God, you'll find a whole world of prayer requests. Uh, that you can be bringing before the Lord. And uh, the preparation uh, work in the scriptures can definitely help that. Absolutely. Last question. As you know, we are a great commission seminary. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have to. There's a, there's an obligation to ask this question. What role does prayer play in fulfilling the great commission? Hmm. 
Well, if you remember when Jesus uh, rose from the dead and when he was about to ascend into heaven, he did not say, all right, guys, go. (laughs) Go on and change the world. No, he said, go to Jerusalem and pray. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, They were there for three years. They heard everything that Jesus said. They saw him and 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 lived with him for six weeks after his resurrection. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, in those in those forty days, you know, why why aren't they just you know going into Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth? Well, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, so they had to pray. They had to pray for the Spirit's work. When they were persecuted, they prayed. Lord, give us boldness, you know, uh, and just over and over and over again, they pray. Paul in his letters uh, in Ephesians and in Colossians says, pray for me uh, that the Lord may open up a door, you know, for the word. So I take all that to mean the Great Commission is is not going to be accomplished. We're not going to make disciples. People are not going to follow Jesus unless we pray uh, for God to do so. Uh, God can do it any way that he wants to do it. And the way that he told us that he's going to do it is with our prayers. And so uh, we go uh, to the Lord in prayer for the nations. We go for the Lord to pray uh, in prayer for our neighbors. Uh, and we, in the, the confidence that God will use our prayers and will hear and answer and will give us the power that, he, that, uh, that we ask for him to supply, then we go and love on our neighbors and go to the nations with the gospel and uh, and and look and watch for God uh, to move in ways that uh, that we could only imagine. Absolutely. Very helpful. I mentioned the book earlier with Luther, a little little writing. Also, uh, Michael Reeves, a little book on prayer. I've mentioned yes. it in the past. Really yellow book, really short book, really good book. Fabulous. Excellent book for, for, for prayer. More corporate prayer, there's uh, Jono's uh, prayer in the Nymark series as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all of those are excellent resources that you should check out. There's a bunch of other ones that we could talk about, but we are out of time. So that will do it for today. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this episode helpful, uh, please consider leaving us a review. We'd love to hear any of your feedback. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors And I have hope we've done that today in our conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 